Hello everyone, welcome to the latest episode of the See Me podcast. This series we are looking at the journey of the social movement. So that is basically looking at all the amazing things that people have been doing around Scotland to tackle mental health stigma and discrimination. Got some really interesting interviews throughout the series with some of our volunteers, with our partners, um, and with people who are in quite influential positions. Um, so this week our feature interview is one of our volunteers, Liam, who's done loads of amazing stuff in the few years that he's been volunteering with us. He started as a media volunteer, he's trained as a champion, he's started his own choir as well, he's uh, been incredibly active in the time that he has been volunteering with this real passionate advocate for tackling stigma and discrimination and so it'd be really interesting to hear from him later joined there's a there's often it was this afternoon we're recording who knows when you're listening joined wherever and whenever you're listening by d hello d co-host d co-host nick that's as far as i've gotten with that jingle a wee little theme tune it yeah. was a beautiful, beautiful song. And the other voice you could hear by someone who is much more musical, no offence, Dee, um, but is a member of the See Me, Hear Me Choir with Liam and also one of our social movement officers, Davey, who I'm sure you've heard before. Hello, Davey. Hello. How's everyone? I don't know why I went really Essex there. Yeah, I was <laughs> maybe, <gonna share. laughs> maybe it was um maybe it was just following on from me it was just it lulled you into thinking that you were back in Essex see me Essex yeah and weirdly enough a, a small side anecdote for the podcast uh, Davey and I obviously met working at see me or Davey being a volunteer Davey was a champion beforehand and then have subsequently found out through working together that we grew up about five ten minutes away from each other and went to the same college and yet i still can't find anyone that i know who might know you i'm not entirely sure you live there that maybe it's all just a uh, fictitious i feel i feel left out well you all right governor i'll do a i'll do a i'll do a deep dive into our connections and see what we have and okay. uh, and next time I'll, I'll fill you in and be like Actually, guess what? We have a, a shared cousin or something. Oh. Yeah. Or I yeah. can See, just I know... do the accents. <laughs> you can. They're really good accents. And I can. I know a few people went to your school, Davey, but I feel like this is this is not the, the time nor the place to be getting into that. We can discuss it in other times. But yeah, so it is weird where you can just meet people 400 miles away working in the same place. <laughs> And as I was saying, we are featuring Liam's interview later today and chatting about some of the stuff that he has done. And a lot of the the media work that he started off doing with us, he started on Time to Talk Day and was doing some straight away, he was really out there with his story, really wanting to make huge changes. His diagnosis is schizophrenia and he's really passionately felt at, and I think is kind of widely agreed that schizophrenia is one of those mental health conditions that still faces a lot of stigma and discrimination it's still very misunderstood um it still appears in films and media in, in a very stigmatizing way and is and can be unfairly associated with a lot of negativity as well and do you think Davy, that schizophrenia and perhaps other severe or enduring mental illnesses or ones that kind of persist more. Do you think these, there is a sort of, the stigma for them is still 
worse or more prevalent? Uh, definitely. I mean, there's when you kind of speak to um, when you speak to our volunteers and other people who kind of come across, they kind of talk about that kind of hierarchy of mental illnesses, like the more acceptable versus the the least acceptable. And whilst all mental illnesses ha- has stigma against it for sure, um, I think that there's a certain amount of uh, commonality between things like depression and anxiety that a lot of people can relate to, even if it's not something they have, they know a lot of people with it. So then when you get to something like schizophrenia or something kind of uh, more more enduring um, and more severe and, al- and also something that's less uh, easy to hide, I think even amongst people who would believe they're positive towards people with mental illness, there's a, there's a stigma that comes in straight away. It's, there's, there's less people around who are kind of living with that. And so with that, the, the support quickly kind of peters out. If people don't have a experience of interacting with people who are living with it, they don't really have a, a good understanding of how to support it. Yeah, I guess that makes a lot of sense in terms of if it's, if you come across an experience less, whatever that experience may be in life, you have less understanding of it and maybe, and that's fine and that's just natural, that's what will happen, but important that even if you don't, that you don't then prejudge someone because of your lack of knowledge or experience on it and if you are going to make a judgment on something to make sure that you do research or look into it so you actually understand what you're saying or or why judgmental stuff is not helpful or misconceptions or often not even misconceptions sometimes preconceptions people just assume something is true and then never look it up and then think like with schizophrenia one of them kind of just continuous misconceptions is that it's actually a multiple personality disorder of some sort and just that's what it is and so many people and so many people still think that and it's it could be it could be completely different there's a whole range of symptoms you can have with schizophrenia there is information on our website if anyone listening does want to find out more um if you check out the stigma and discrimination section on our website see me scotland or you can see more information the why do you think that do you think similar to Davy that it is a kind of case of just if it's less common people understand more or what do you see when you're sharing stories on online with through our channels and that of what to with kind of conditions like schizophrenia or borderline personality disorder is, is it any different the kind of what people are saying about those experiences and what it's like yeah and I think it's 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 a combination of things I think the first thing is that you know it's I don't think it's as uncommon as people think it is but I think the fact that it's spoken about a lot less um, because people face a lot more stigma when it comes to kind of severe and and enduring mental illness they don't talk about it as much so it doesn't tend to be um, spoken about as much between people Um, and also as well like you said just those misconceptions that exist and whether that be you know through films or media or you know we've seen multiple times when something gets reported and it's linked with something like schizophrenia or borderline personality disorder a lot of the time the connotations around that tend to be quite negative um, especially in the press and, and the media and so that makes people worried to talk about it and scared to talk about it the thing that you know as Davy said quite rightly, is when we talk about these things on social media, for us, most of the time, you know, the, the response is really, really positive. Um, but, you know, there's always that thing of we we are kind of key messaging around, well, everybody has mental health and it's okay to talk about it. We have to be so careful that we're not always undermining like these, you know, kind of severe mental illness because a lot of people will say, well, 
yeah, but also, you know, having a mental illness maybe isn't necessarily the same as having mental health, which exists on a spectrum, which, you know, it can be different. Um, so I think, you know, it's it's really important to recognise, yeah, that we all do have mental health, but maybe people will struggle with that in various degrees and will be diagnosed with a mental illness that affects them quite significantly and impacts on their life quite significantly as well, you know, to the point where they, they're involved with um, services and so on. And I think, you know, the more that we can talk about these things online and in person and the more we can get people like Liam sharing their story who, you know, is so amazing to listen to and has so many great things to say about it you know the more we're going to start to break down those barriers and people are going to realize that it's not this kind of scary thing that it's painted out to be and that people can live fulfilling lives as well if they're given the right support and opportunities yeah really interesting as well about mental health mental illness and a sort of kind of spectrum of where you could be with your mental health too and I wonder if people often think about if someone does have a, a mental health condition if, if they are unwell if they've got an illness that people always think about that as an illness or they just think that that diagnosis is their personality it's not something that's happening to them but that is them and it's kind of it goes back to traditionally kind of um discriminate in terms on a range of mental health problems but you've definitely everyone's heard someone called a schizophrenic or called uh, or even like a depressive or something like that and that just insinuates that that is who the person is that it's that's not something that's happening to them um, and David that anything you kind of you've seen do you think that people do have a bit of a misconception around some mental health problems that that is just a person's and I suppose especially with like borderline personality disorder it's almost a name that it implies it's your personality rather than like you being unwell or experiencing a condition yeah I mean it's 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 really interesting because you know I, I think a lot of people don't take time to look at kind of some of these more enduring ones and one of the you know one of the first things that Ian uh, that Liam will say and he uh, I'm sure he'll say in his interview is you know a lot of people well most people recover from schizophrenia um Liam's is a lot more enduring but but it but one thing that I mean most people don't understand is it's it's a diagnosis that you can recover from just you know like with with mild depression with anxiety and I think so when you talk about people's kind of perceptions it's like if you've been diagnosed of as being schizophrenic at one point in your life that kind of stays with you for the rest of your life if it's if it's known um but then if you look at something you know more like bpd which is more of a more of a personality disorder as problematic as these terms are that's kind of something that people are managing on a long-term a long-term basis i mean kind of kind of forever i mean obviously you can you can learn to cope with it and work with it and it's um that's that's a lot more kind of longer enduring thing but then a lot of people now still don't know what bpd is they will they they assume it's uh like a a reduction of saying bipolar and it's um uh, w w which it isn't obviously so it's just it's just kind of the idea of uh lack of understanding and awareness and and both with something like bpd and with uh with, with schizophrenia and other kind of more severe enduring illnesses there's um there's a lack of control at your worst, which isn't as prevalent. Like with people who are depressed and suffering from anxiety, yes, it's something that can be seen to a certain extent. But a lot of people who are great mental health advocates are living with depression and living with anxiety every day, uh, and they're managing it. And so it isn't a visual thing for somebody in a, a having a crisis with their schizophrenia. It's not something they can hide. Um, 
society looks at those people and recognizes something's wrong and without recognizing the person needs support they will they will obviously uh bully or, or shame or, or or attack um and what what people aren't realizing is that there's uh, like liam will say liam can't hide at times when he's when he's struggling or when when something is happening that he can see that other people can't that that's real and he can't he can't hide that and i think um and I think one, that's what terrifies people who don't appreciate what schizophrenia is. But two, it's something that people need to realise. That's why we need to really kind of change our perceptions around mental health. It shouldn't all be, oh, it's okay, they've got it under control. Oh, it's something we don't have to worry about. I think the more people realise that people are living with these conditions and, and managing them and sometimes is going to be visible is, is really important to recognise and be aware of to make it easier for those people when they're going through these episodes. And an understanding, I think, as well, just when you were saying, you know, not being able to necessarily control what's happening, that that's terrifying for the person that's experiencing it more so than the people that are, you know, sometimes witnessing it. And I think with some of these um, mental illnesses, there's so much fear around it and misconception around it when we know actually these people are, are more likely to, to, you know, to be victims of violence or aggression um, rather than you know people that cause it so I think there's there's that as well it's just recognizing that if somebody's going through an episode that they can't control that they need support because that's scary yeah and also I mean like Liam again I'm sure he'll talk about it he I, I've spent a lot of time hanging out with Liam as he was setting up the choir and stuff and which you'll all hear about but it, it's amazing like having having a conversation with him and he can be in a really good place and he's still you know there's still kind of a few other things that he's dealing with they're like other kind of voices are sometimes there they're not always negative they're not always bad sometimes sometimes they're telling him jokes sometimes they're adding it and it's it can be sometimes a strange situation the first half times i used to work with him and and realize he's having two conversations at once but actually very quickly you get used to it and he gets at ease with it and um and it's great because you get to see you get to see just by kind of being appreciative of his situation and you know, not making a big deal about it, but just kind of letting it exist. It makes it a lot more easier for him to just kind of be a part of the conversation and, and, and join in and do the amazing work he's doing. If people were constantly kind of worried every time they thought maybe he was talking to somebody else, they would he wouldn't be able to get anything done. But thankfully, by working with him and other people working with him, we realized just how much he has to offer. Um, and how great he is at what he does and uh, it's brilliant having the chance to just kind of see him flourish with the work we're doing at CME. And that is so interesting that he can obviously where he, he explains it and he explains what it's like for him and his symptoms and his experiences of schizophrenia and that's something which has always really struck me with Liam and he says in his interview as well about how when he's done public stools and things like that with CME he's then people he's told people his diagnosis and he can see their reaction and then he explains them what it actually is and what it's like for him and then that often then changes the way even people visually are reacting towards him and that's the thing isn't it if you don't understand it can people might be like oh i don't want this it seems a bit scary but then when someone explains it you know and you realize that they are just a person and they're experiencing something and they explain to you and then you can understand if you are visually seeing some of those symptoms and he said well this is just how it is I understand he Liam's quite good he's like I understand that if he kind of hears anything or that it's it is part of his condition but he's also quite good at explaining that and I've been at times with him when Liam and I have been 
doing events and things and he said oh yeah well, I've got a few and, you know, he's kind of struggling but he's explained to me what it is and he's like but in case I seem a bit distracted that's what's going on right now and then you just you kind of accept that you know okay well I get that and what you also mentioned Davey about recovery with conditions like schizophrenia one of our former volunteers a former media volunteer I remember when he uh, shared his story for the first time about his experience of schizophrenia and from a point where he was hospitalised twice, where he was hearing voices and he was convinced that he was basically the, the, the central point of a global reality TV show and everyone was watching him and every camera was on him. And he went from a point where he was quite severely unwell with that to then going into hospital recovering, relapsing, going back into hospital and recovering and then going on a kind of full journey of recovery, first with medication for quite a long time and, and therapy and then with the help of his of his therapist to slowly come off his medication point when he was volunteering with us he'd been sort of three or four years symptom free and he'd been married and qualified as a solicitor and, and all these things that I think the misconception of schizophrenia and the, and the stigma around it would make you believe could not happen and that's the same for so many other mental health conditions as well that people can and do live a variety of differing lives and it's not just like if you have a condition then you that is that is who you are and that is your life there's so much more to everyone and i think what people need to kind of understand is i mean i think most people understand the concept of an illness um but also we would we wouldn't question somebody who has an illness, a, a physical illness, and they have certain aspects of their life that revolve around that uh, and need kind of certain awareness. Like the things I have in place for, you know, kind of my most intensity, my BPD is, they're things I'm going to carry on living with. Um, and and I think as long as, long as people start realizing that these, these are, you know, illnesses, they should hopefully start understanding that actually maybe maybe it's okay for somebody just to kind of walk off for five minutes and come back and doesn't mean that they're having a bad day. It just means they needed five minutes away because they're trying to just manage and get hold of their, their condition or whatever. I know Liam's really good at just saying sometimes I need five minutes. Um, and uh, that's a really, that's a really great thing. And it shouldn't be a, it shouldn't be a case of us all going, Oh no, uh, I hope he's okay. It's more about saying, well, actually Liam's got this. He's, He's looking after himself. He's taking that five minutes because he knows that's a sensible thing to do to manage his illness. Um, and I think if people saw it that way, it might kind of help some of the some of the kind of wrong assumptions about what schizophrenia and other more enduring mental illnesses are about. Definitely. And in that situation is a great example because if Liam couldn't do that or he felt that he couldn't tell you, then when he is struggling, that's going to become so much worse if he can't take that five minutes or whatever it may be just to help himself for a bit of self-care but quite a lot of I guess we're also in a, in a position where have various experiences of struggling with mental health but also working in it as well and have a good knowledge and understanding which a lot of other people don't have access to but hopefully particularly through this series of podcasts it will give a bit more information and can help people as well but do you think it's when people don't have that understanding they don't have that knowledge that's when it can feel easier to hide a mental health problem because you don't want to have to explain even something as small as why you might need five minutes because people won't react in a particularly positive way. They're not sure if you've ever kind of, if you're aware of that or seen anything like that, or do you generally think that people do sometimes find it easier to hide 
what they're experiencing because they're worried about the judgment from others basically yeah I think you know trying to trying to explain something when you can pick up that somebody's maybe not going to be so receptive or you know people can be quite forthcoming with their opinions on some things and then that makes it a little bit more difficult and sometimes I mean I can you know when I'm struggling with you know my experiences of of, of why suffer with and I don't always want to have to explain <laughs> because it's like sometimes it's tiring you know you don't want to have to be like actually this is what it is and and I don't know sometimes if it's always hiding it but just you know it if I feel slightly uncomfortable around someone or feeling uncomfortable around someone I probably won't go through that process of explaining what it is that I'm going through and experiencing whereas if someone just shows a little bit of kindness and compassion then I would feel more comfortable to say oh actually this is what it's like and kind of open up that you know conversation and in a kind of natural and supportive way I think you know a lot of the time um people aren't aware that they're maybe acting in a stigmatizing way and we always say that you know it's we're not accusing people by being like you're being you know stigmatizing or discriminatory towards someone it's maybe just because they don't know um and they're not aware um so I think it's a bit of both I think it's kind of people feeling empowered and able to say it's okay to ask me about this you know Liam's really open about you know struggling with schizophrenia and what he's been through um but also kind of guiding people into being open to have those conversations as well and, and not feeling scared to ask questions and maybe just you know like Davy was saying you know if someone takes five minutes maybe just kind of being a bit more compassionate and open-minded as to okay well maybe that person I don't need to kind of over you know kind of be overbearing around it but just kind of you know just being human and just kind of letting people do what they need to do and open up you know in a way that's comfortable for them. And that, that's, that's kind of one of the biggest things when we kind of look at, uh, you know, mental health in the workplace, but specifically with kind of more enduring mental illnesses uh, and, and, you know, having a, having a full-time job and trying to manage that. I know um, before I was able to kind of speak to, uh, you know, bosses about my mental health, I mean, you know, working, when I used to work as a freelancer, uh, like in TV, it was, always, it was always about how you looked, were you at your desk all the time, whatever. I couldn't... I couldn't take five minutes just to kind of catch my breath and keep calm because everybody would notice that I stepped out of the room and why wasn't I at my desk? And it wasn't until um, I got to kind of be more open and work with work with a team who were really responsive that I could I could say, and even there was even a few times where it was just like complete kind of meltdowns. Meltdowns I'd get over within half an hour. I knew I'd be fine in half an hour, but it was just like too much. I could just email my boss and go, just feeling a bit overwhelmed. I'm going to be half an hour. Don't worry. And I just send that email to her and I'd walk off, come back half an hour later. And it was the most freeing thing because it meant by the time I was back, I could carry on with my job. Whereas if I'd maybe sat there and not had the freedom to kind of just be open about why I'm taking a break, um, it would have been worse. My mental health would have deteriorated. I may not have made it to the end of that contract. Um, so it was, um, it's, it's so important to kind of create workplaces where no matter what level of mental illness you have on the hierarchy, the supposed hierarchy, you can feel you can, you can feel comfortable comfortable to speak to your employer and just let them know how it works for you. So I think ultimately employees want you to do the best job you can do, and if that means you're going to take a couple of five minute breaks throughout the day, I I don't think many would really begrudge you that. You'd hope not, and. I think that is so important is having the environment making itself 
comfortable for people if they're struggling because quite often and there's a, a kind of feeling or a narrative and and we've certainly said things like this as well and it's and it's right but that if you are struggling reach out and ask for help that it's okay to to say that you're struggling and that is totally valid and it's something that we say a lot but I think it's so important that for any mental health condition that other people around take responsibility to promote comfortable inclusive environments so it allows people it allows you to feel like comfortable within yourself that if you are struggling you know that it's going to be all right to tell people because that environment's been set up and you're not having to then put yourself out there even if you are comfortable with yourself and uh, sort of at a level or a place with your condition that you're okay to talk about it it can still seem daunting depending on the environment that that is and so it's so important that the right environment is set up so people can feel comfortable within themselves that it's going to be okay to talk about that as well and so Liam is very vocal with good and bad environments that he's experienced as well as a, a many of our volunteers and I guess the the confidence from having that for Liam is he's quite a leader in that, but then puts himself out there in other positions, like for instance starting a choir, <laughs> which is a, a huge thing for Liam to do. Actually, when we did this interview, it was kind of just as he was starting to to put the choir out. So he speaks a little bit about his dreams for it and aspirations. But Davy is as a member of, of being in that choir and being around it. Like, what's it been like to be in that sort of environment where everyone's there with this kind of similar ideals and and feeling around mental health but also wanting to do something really positive as well it's been really um it's been really great because you know it kind of started with started with kind of like liam's liam's kind of vision um but i don't think anyone kind of knew what would what would kind of happen and what would come from it and people started coming along and some with lived experience some just who who are passionate about people who, who with their own lived experience. Some people who just wanted to find uh, what they perceived would be a, a safer space to kind of sing because the whole thing is there was no auditions and um, it was, uh, it was, you know, it's meant to kind of just be light and easy and other, other choirs can be really intense, which, which is great. Like, love that. But actually this was just a really great way for people in the community to come together. And, um, and I think what Liam probably... Um, should, well, what what Liam should be most proud of is that as it's kind of evolved, they've kind of started. Um, uh, as it's evolved, they started kind of working on what they want their message to be. Like they've made their kind of mission, mission and aims, or whatever. So yes, they want to fight stigma, but they also want to create like a a safe space where you can just kind of be like, hey, no, I'm not really chatted today, but I'm really happy to be here. Um, so it's not about peer to peer. It's just about giving people a space to kind of enjoy the the benefits of singing, which is great for your mental health anyway. And um, yeah, Liam should be really proud of what he's kind of been able to, uh, what he's been able to create and hopefully will kind of grow. Um, just like the other choirs he's kind of been in touch with and stuff, it's brilliant. There's going to be some really great stuff, hopefully. Yeah, it does create a really lovely environment. And I went along to one of the practices and did some filming there and the video of the choir is up on our website and you can see that on our YouTube as well but it is a really nice environment that people can be part of in that sense so let's hear from Liam now chatting all about his experience and story and what he's been doing to challenge stigma across Scotland. When did you first become involved with CME and why? 
I first became involved in the Spoof CBE um, December 2017, done my media training. <coughs> the reason I done it was because my, I was speaking to my psychologist and I told her I'd like to help other people and speak out about, about the the life that I'd had because I'd been stigmatised and discriminated against my whole life due to my mental health. I just lost my job at that point due to that and I thought I need to speak out, how can I do this? She, she came, I went in one to see her on the Wednesdays as normal, she gave me the bit of paper with the see me address on it and said have a look at that. I went on and had a look, seen the get involved part, looked, seen the media volunteer, read through the description and thought that's a good way for me to speak out and get my message out there that it's changed people's perceptions of one, my condition and it, it shouldn't be stigmatised or discriminated against just because I've got a condition that I can't control. With a condition like schizophrenia, it's probably one of the most stigmatised ones out there and people who experience it face some of the most discrimination as well. Mm -hmm. Do you particularly feel because of that that you wanted to do something to, to change that and to make a difference? Yeah, well, through my life, because I, because I had it, I lost a lot of things. I lost friends and family. I, was, I, don't, I wouldn't get invited to family events. Um, and I remember one workplace I worked in, and I'd spent a bit of time in hospital. And when I went back, the manager thought it was funny to tell the rest of the staff that I'd had schizophrenia. And then the first day back, one of the guys that was in there who thought it was funny came up to me and said, Hi, Liam, how you doing? And I thought it was being nice. And in front of everybody, he turned and said to me, So... Who, who are you the day, the day then? Like I had some kind of split personality, and I was like, pure, I was like, pure taken aback and so embarrassed. Like, like they, 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 I then got a message through the tunnel to go to the office and got my P forty five. So then, so with experiences like that, what was the kind of real change that you wanted to make by volunteering with CME? I want people to see that no matter what, if somebody's got a mental health condition or not, that we're all equal, we're all the same. We still be treated the same, the same value, the same respect as any other person gets. There's no difference between us, whether you've got a physical condition or a mental health condition. There's no difference. It, sh it shouldn't be. There should be no difference at all between the way people get treated. From somebody being in a wheelchair to somebody with schizophrenia, if it's somebody with bipolar disorder, there should be no difference. If somebody without a condition. Everybody is equal, we all have one voice and it's all, we're all human beings that should be treated with respect. Definitely. And through volunteering with CME, we've done, done media training, champions training as well, do you feel that... And speaker training. And speaker training too, do you feel that going through that has... Do you think the training has helped you or equipped you to be able to tackle some of this discrimination and make, start to make some of the change that you want to see? Yeah, I can I can explain to people now. Um, when people ask me like, what, what you're doing now, Liam, you're still working. I can say no, and they'll say they ask me why. I say, well, I volunteer with CB Scotland. What's that? Why do you do that? So I say I've got schizophrenia. You sometimes get the reaction that some people kind of recoil in horror because of the media perception. I feel empowered now that I can actually say, well, hold it. I can see you're uncomfortable with that. Let me explain to you exactly what this condition is because I know what you're thinking. You're thinking I'm some kind of madman, well, I'll explain to you what schizophrenia is and you can actually see for yourself. And when you tell them exactly, you explain it to them exactly what it is, they go, oh, they see it in a different light. So since I've done, when I first done the, the Time to Talk Day, the reaction after that is people still go up to me in the street and say, are you still doing your work with CME, Liam? Are you still trying to help others? Are you still helping yourself? What you've been up to? Can, can, you, can, I, can I join you on Facebook so I can see you've been up to?
So it's actually empowered me and it's helped a lot of people see that they didn't know that I had a condition because I never told them. So they never treated me differently. So then when they found out, they were kind of shocked. Because so, I, 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 <coughs> people that didn't know, obviously, didn't want to know me. So any that I met afterwards, I didn't tell because I was scared of the reaction that I was going to get. They were just going to go, oh, wait a minute, he's some kind of lunatic. When basically, no, I'm not a lunatic, I'm a human being. I've just got a, a condition that affects my brain that I can't control and it's something that I've got to live with. It doesn't affect them, it affects me. So why, so why stigmatise me when you don't experience it? I think you mentioned it pretty, was it time to talk though, the first thing that you... That was the first thing I've done. ...did, and how did you find being involved in something like that? Because it's quite obviously a big campaign, big thing across the whole... I was very nervous to start with. Um, I, know you, I know you couldn't see it in the video, but I was really inside, I was... I just try to keep myself as calm as possible. I was very... I suppose I was scared as well. I was scared of the public reaction I was going to get because it was going out there in, in the media. People were going to see in my community, people that knew me, family that members that didn't even know. Um, I was worried about the reaction, but the reaction I got was fantastic with people. Do you know, I was getting people in the street saying to me, oh, I've seen, I've seen, I've read your story in the paper, I heard you on the radio, what you're doing, are you doing it for yourself? Are you doing it for others? I'm, I'm doing it for both. What you're doing is fantastic, hence they still come up and ask me, you're still doing your work, what you're what you up to, what you've been doing. So the reaction for doing that first time you talk day, it's been fantastic. How did, it, how did it make you feel, people coming up and saying that after you were kind of so nervous? It, it made you? me feel so much better about my, my, my old inner self. Um, it took away all the years of shame that I felt. I know, I know I shouldn't have felt shame because it's not my fault I got a mental health condition. But you do, you, you, kind, of, you kind of blame yourself. You, see, you think it's your own fault. So it made me realise that it's not my fault. And the amount of people that I actually spoke to afterwards that said, by the way, I've got, like, I've suffered from depression or I've got a family member who's been diagnosed with bipolar or just things like that. You know, people were actually opening up. That they, probably would, they probably would never have told you in the first place. So it, it made me feel really empowered. It made me feel really happy in my my own skin. Then again, do you know what I mean? It gave me it gave me that voice to speak out and realise, like I'm a human being. I can say this without fear, without the shame, without embarrassment, and I can make a difference. And did you expect? That reaction from other people, kind of telling you then about their experiences and what, and people close. To I didn't them. expect that at all. No, I didn't expect that. I, I actually expected a lot of negativity due to the nature of um, with it being schizophrenia. Um, but people were actually interested to to know exactly. Some people were. I could I could I can I can, I can, I can tell now when some when I tell people whether they're uncomfortable. And if I, if I see they're uncomfortable, I used to react in a bad way. Like, I would get really angry about it. But now I'll look at them and say, look, I can see you're uncomfortable about what I've just told you. Would you like me to explain to you exactly what schizophrenia actually is? And they, they'll look at you and they'll go, all right, okay. I think they're surprised you're going to tell them. So you tell them exactly what it involves, what it entails, and what it's like. And they, 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 they get away thinking so much differently about you. Do you know what I mean? So that you're, you're impacting in somebody's life. They're not. So when, when they walk by you in the street again, they say hello to you, they'll talk to you. Do you know what I mean? They'll actually, they won't just bypass you. 
it's, so it's like, aye, it's a lot better. Brilliant. And then how has it been, that kind of, a lot of interaction with people then who you might have had before in a different sense, how has it been to meet lots of new people through volunteering with the programme, meeting other volunteers and champions? It's been great meeting, it. it's, it's like a whole new friend, friend network I've got now, um, which is something that, because you've got a mental health condition, sometimes you can be isolated, because you don't think, you don't, you don't, one, you don't think you fit in, two, you're too scared to try and make friendships because you've, you've always got to have that conversation that I've got a condition. And sometimes when you tell people that, that can be the last time you hear from them. Well, if, has there been any other kind of highlights or things that you're really proud of that you've done? Well, the choir are now, obviously getting the choir um, from that idea last August, obviously through CME's help and the help of the committee that I've got, um, which are fantastic. To actually see it come to fruition, um, I think it's going to be probably one of the biggest achievements I think I've ever done. I've done loads of stalls, I've done had loads of conversations, the time to talk, the, the, the train, helping the two people in that train with Jane, which I told you about me come back, you know, things like that, mate, you, you realise that you, you can go out there and make a difference in somebody's life. And that day in that train, Jane and myself made a difference to that young lady and that young boy's life. If we weren't on that train, we, we, there was nobody there to help them. So what, yeah, what happened there? Tell us a bit about that. Well, the first lady, when we were up, 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 seven carriages on the train to Edinburgh, we were going up the carriages. And this and is part of... That was the time to talk day. Um, so me and Jane were on the train, so we started at carriage one. We explain to people, it's nice time to talk day, mental health, have a conversation. Some people were saying, oh, I've heard of that, we're having something work. One person says, can, I actually get, can, we get a, can I get a selfie with you, with your t-shirts, with your logos, because I've heard about it, and it was quite, it was, made me laugh. And there was a young lady, she was sitting in like, the end of the carriage, but she was sitting in the, the, the inside seats that are slinked away, trying to hide. So I stopped and I said to her, it's nice time to talk to you, and I gave her something, and she, and she just broke down. She was in bits, and I thought, oh, panic, what do you do? So I, 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 I just shouted, I said, Jen, I need your help. So Jen down, and she's like, oh, right, okay. So the two sat on the seat in front of her and kneeled in the seat and says, like, what's up? So she told us her story. Look, she, she was American. Her father had just had a, a massive stroke. He was in care. The mother was struggling. She wasn't there to look after him. She was getting, like, not abuse, but she was getting a lot of negativity because she wasn't there. It was affecting her studies. Um, she was feeling really depressed, really down. So we basically signposted her in the right way. We sat, we spoke to her till she calmed down, and she got off the train. She got off the train at Edinburgh. We were smiling her face and thanked us. Um, something I want to go back to slightly that you touched on a little bit was the the choir. So what? Yeah. What made you want to start a choir? Well, the choir, <laughs> and I, I laugh at myself for this when I think about it. I, I, I was sitting one night. I was having a bad night. I just done my community champion training, and I was sitting in my bed. I was on YouTube, I had headphones in, and I was listening to music, and this choir popped up. And it was, uh, what was it, an Armed Forces Widowers, Widows Choir or something? Widowers Choir, that's what it was. And I sat and looked at it and I thought, why is there not a mental health choir? I thought, a mental health choir would get out there, would get in people's faces, spread the message, let people see we've all got one voice, we're all equal. So if, you, if, I, if I've got a choir full of people with good mental health and poor mental health, Nobody's going to be able to tell the difference. So then people are going to look at that choir, and I would challenge anybody to pick somebody out and say, you've got, you've, I can see that you've got schizophrenia, or I can see you've got bipolar, or I can see you've got nothing wrong with you. That everybody's equal. 
no, there's, there's no difference between anybody. Do you know, if, if somebody's having a bad day, they're having a bad day. If somebody's suffering from mental health problems, then they need help. They don't need ridicule. They need a support network running about them. The choir isn't a support network. The choir is a chance for people to come to, to, to not feel isolated, to make new friends, to have fun, to get out there and spread the message. And as we, as we put it in our spiel, smash stigma and discrimination. And that's what the choir's going to do. It's amazing. That's so good to hear. And do you, you mention your health a little bit there. Do you feel like you are in a, a better place with your health, in your journey to a better place? Well, I've, I've, I've had my ups and downs. Um, recently, I have I've had a med medication change, which doesn't help. Because um, coming off of one and getting on to another one, sets you back a bit, which it did set you back. But having a good support network that I've got running about me through mental health services has been good for me. Um, obviously doing the work with see me takes my mind off things as well, helps me forget about it. For, for all I'm talking about mental health, it makes me forget about my, my own mental health, if that makes sense. So it just, my own health, I would say, has improved. Like, obviously, I've stopped smoking, I'm eating healthy, so I'm feeling better physically. So, all these things are all positive steps that I would never have taken years ago. And I don't think I would have had the courage to do any of them. I found, when I first walked into this room and done a media training, and I'd done that interview with David Cox, I that, that day I found courage that in myself that I never knew realised that I had. That, that's the God's honest truth. I found courage that I never realised it was actually inside me, because uh, I, I was really nervous that day, uh, and I know you see it in the show, but I was really, in my words, bricking it. <laughs> um, so, all these things that I've changed, I would never have changed them without, if I hadn't first walked through that door, I, I, I'd still be smoking, I would still be eating badly, nothing would have, my life wouldn't have changed at all. Whether I'd have still been here, I don't know, that's a question I can't answer. Um, because I don't know where my life, where my mental health was going, where my my life was going, until I get I get. Basically, I signpost people to like services when they're struggling. My psychologist signposted me to use. Is what she done basically. She gave me that back paper. www.cmescotland. Go on that lead. I think you'd be good at this. And I thought, right, okay. Why do you think that? And she still reminds me, she, she, she actually says to me, I'll go and get your file for two years ago and show you where you were to where you are now because of what you're doing. She says the change in you has been, the, the change has been so dramatic, that's why the, the, the NHS phoned me up and said, Liam, will you do an interview for us? Because of where you've been to where you are now with your team. Um, so I've done the interview. Um, and I, I, it got put in the local press, the local press got a hoodie as well, and they put it in the, the press as well. So everybody's seen it, but from but basically from reading the first time about my life story, being diagnosed, not the stigma, discrimination, to, to reading my story of basically my, my, my journey of recovery. As I say, I don't like that word, but you've got to use it because it is in there. Um, so. Aye, it's, it's things like that I would never have done and I would, I would never achieved it if I hadn't, if I hadn't walked through that door that, that day for that media training. Okay, that was Liam's interview there. Thanks very much, Liam, for sitting down and chatting to me. So, 
as we said before, um, this series is all about the journey of the social movement and what people like Liam have been doing to tackle stigma and discrimination across the country. There are loads of other stories from different people up on the actual journey of the social movement report itself, which you can find at report.cmescotland.org. So please check that out and get some ideas about what you might want to do um, and then get in touch with us and we can help. So just then to say goodbye to Dee and to Davey and thanks very much for chatting again. No, thank you for having me again. Bye, Nick. Nice. Goodbye, everyone. So long, farewell, I'd be just saying goodbye. That was my audition for the choir. You're in.